Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 98. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I am Todd Oxtra, joined by Mark the Canardian Carabin. My goodness, friend, we have been dealing with adult issues, and we don't want to talk about that tonight. But I'm glad you're safe, glad you got mm -hmm. power, and I'm glad you're back in the world of Connected. I guess the best yeah. way to put it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I, I do. I mean, you, you said we don't want to talk about it too much, but I do want to just say, um, you know, I heard I heard from people just sending me messages and stuff and just checking in hurricane Fiona hit Nova Scotia and, and Atlantic Canada really, really hard. And, uh, you know, I was, I was telling you about a little bit of damage to my house and, and dealing, you know, just starting to deal with insurance because I kind of wanted to, to save the insurance lines for people like uh, my brother's friend who lost her apartment completely. Um, so it could have been worse, could still be, you know, better. And I'm glad you're feeling okay. You, you're, uh, you, you're past the spicy flu. You're, you're able to interact with people. It does feel weird. I feel like I was out of the trap of COVID and <laughs> it got me and I'm so far. And I knock on wood. My family's good. 10 days of isolation, essentially. Uh, that was not fun, but uh, by far people have had it worse than me. So folks getting, Getting protected will make it far better if you end up getting it. So just be safe out there. Yep, absolutely. So uh, again, yeah, thank you to anyone that that uh, checked in and for for our listeners and stuff that I know, uh, you know, like Famous Seamus, there's a couple of other people in the community that are from Atlanta, Canada and close by. And uh, so far, anyone I've talked to has been has been pretty safe, has been pretty, uh, pretty good. So um we're, we're pretty lucky, but it took me a week to get power back in my house. So I'm happy to be sitting in my kitchen as usual with lights on. That's, that's new. <laughs> Exciting. Modern luxuries. We can enjoy power. I'll tell you. Yeah. Fantastic. There's still people that I know that are really close to where I live that still do not have power. It's uh, and some of the estimations are even Thursday. So we're close to two weeks that, that people have been going without without power, hot water. It's uh, it's rough. Wow, wow. Well, hopefully we can make the world a better place by talking about video games. And Mark, one of those things that uh, you know makes people sad or happy or maybe a little bit nostalgic is thinking about systems that are gone too soon. This is, of course, inspired by the news of Stadia going out to pasture. Maybe it's like old yellow. You got you to gotta take the dog out in the field, shoot her, put her out of misery. Don't know. Some people loved it. Some people could care less. But you know what? We're here to treasure those systems that were gone too soon from our lives. So this week for Buy, Rent, Return, We've got Dreamcast, the Wii U, and PS Vita. My goodness, Mark. So a little bit about Dreamcast. Uh, came out in 1999. Apparently sold almost 10 million consoles, which that system was only around for two years. So if it did 10 yeah. million in almost two years, that's not bad. But when you're going up against PlayStation 1 that sold a million, uh, 100 million, and then eventually PlayStation 2 that sold 150 million, that is a tough benchmark to go against. Then we have the Wii U, Mark. Um, I believe that came out in 2012, uh, right before the H. Well, I guess we called them the next gen twins. Um, yeah. Sold, believe, finally hit about 13.5 million. The Wii U um, lasted about 
four years, I believe, was its official reign before the Switch came and changed the day. Then, PS Vita, a system that was going to kill the 3DS. It was priced appropriately, strong hardware, but a bad decision on memory, easily hacked, did not get the sales, and did not have Monster Hunter behind it. And when you have mm. a handheld in Japan, guess what? You better have Monster Hunter because the that is huge in Japan. So the Vita landed a, right about 13 to 14 million as well. So the Wii U and the Vita were kind of brothers in arms for not really doing great. The, the, the PS Vita, I think, is finally going out to pasture uh now they no longer make it but i believe that shop is still around so there you go those are the systems that we're going to talk about today so mark byron return first off i'm going to read winter gamers brendan myers wrote in and said he's going to buy wii u uh it was a really good system he's going to rent ps vita only because it had great games but was missing something uh from not having r3 and l3 making it feel less appealing um, which I can, I can definitely, yeah, it was hard to do modern games or even remote play because of that, which uh, again, kind of like the memory thing, just a weird the back touch mark. Mistake. That's your L2, L3, L2, R2. <laughs> no, Anyone no. Not watching the video version. I'm trying to stare a hole through. Todd's I said I'd make you hate me again. Uh, I know. Yeah. And, uh, and return Dreamcast because I have zero memory of it. So this is Brennan Myers. Thank you for writing in. And I'm going to mirror that sentiment mm. exactly, which is why I read Brennan's first, because I didn't want to steal his thunder. Uh, but for me, the Wii U is still a system that I have very fond memories of. Um, it was one of the first things I actually bought. Uh, we were moving into this house. I bought it right around the same time it came out early November. We moved into this house right around the same time. I think I, I hooked that up before we even had internet hooked up in this house so it's just playing uh new super mario brothers u um and and just still trying to like move in and, and paint things and whatever uh the wii u had a fantastic library but the system itself was a solution looking for a problem the gamepad did nothing really <laughs> that that was too, too it marvelous. failed the bathroom test mark you couldn't yeah. take it to the bathroom it's it wasn't even it wouldn't even go that far you couldn't even look at the thing sideways without <laughs> losing a connection you had to have direct line of sight basically and uh it was yeah it was it was just it was clunky and chunky and and fisher pricey and uh just everything that the the switch fixed uh but I, I don't know if it was a necessary half step to get to the switch or not but um the games as you will see by games still being re-released and repackaged and people still clamoring what was the the last direct came and went and we didn't hear of the the re-releases for wind waker and twilight princess people want a file save as switch port of these these games and i i you know, that, that, that just tells you how great this system was. We're still playing the same Mario Kart game. Uh, the, you know, th this was a, a good, good system as far as the games went. Uh, just never really caught a foothold because of how expensive and weird and, and clunky it was, basically. Uh, so good system. Um, I'll, 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 I'll mirror Winter Gamer on that one. That was a good, good library, at least, bad system. Do you still have um, yours? 
I do. It's still hooked up upstairs. Perfect first system for Finn, to be honest. Yeah. And I haven't played it in a while. It's bulletproof. You throw that thing down the it is, toilet. It is <laughs> it um, yeah, absolutely. It's, I'll be I'll be hooking that up once he's um, he's kind of curious about about that kind of stuff. And he, I'll I'll get to something he was playing earlier, uh, later a little later. But um, I basically I did rent a PS Vita. I bought it. How do you even do that? I had it for a while. I sold it. Oh, that's how you do <laughs> it. Okay, that like, renting, you know, I, I blockbuster. Can I rent this handheld? It. Sure. We normally don't do this type of thing, sir. Uh, here's a here's a I, kiosk with a PS Vita. Take that home. <laughs> I did own a PS Vita for a while. I, I thought it was good at some remote play. I played a ton of Rocket League on my PS Vita because you didn't need those those extra buttons for Rocket League. As soon as you start to play something like an Assassin's Creed or Destiny or something that needed those extra buttons, it was like, yeah, not for totally me. Agree. Uh, it was a great indie machine until the Switch came over and took that over and kind of, again, fixed those mistakes from the Vita just like it fixed the mistakes from Wii U. And I found I didn't really need it anymore. And people were still really clamoring because you said it was jailbroken very quickly. Not something that I really did with the system. I could have, but I had some other avenues that I, you know, could have done that stuff with or played those games that people were jailbreaking for. So I sold it for pretty much the same amount that I bought it. I got yeah. it on a great sale. And it, it, it so I, I had it for a while, basically just rented the thing and <laughs> that was it. Uh, and then Dreamcast is a system that my only experience is actually renting it. My friend Jeff rented really? a Dreamcast. I still remember going over his place, playing it in his basement, uh, actually rented that one from Blockbuster back when you could rent consoles from Blockbuster. Jeez. And uh, that's my only memory of it. And again, it was Dreamcast felt like a half step because even back then, early internet, you're getting rumblings in, in magazines and whatever else. You're getting rumblings of what's coming next. Nintendo has something coming up. Sony has something coming up. These next consoles are coming out. This thing just came out too early. It was right in between a console generation, essentially. So it was like jack of all trades master of none like it didn't it did it wasn't quite that full step that people wanted and it was like if you can be patient for another year or two you're going to get a more powerful con console from these other people like microsoft is there was rumblings they were doing something of course you know that worked out uh the way it did but that was kind of my my memory of dreamcast it was like they're doing some cool stuff but like there's cooler stuff coming so that's that's my uh Byron return. What about you? Yeah. So um, it's interesting because I have a little, I've, I've, I owned all three. Um, and I think I finally got, yeah, I got rid of my Dreamcast a couple of years ago. I'm not a person that I like have to crave to have old systems. Um, I usually squeeze the life out of them, like return to, to nature. Someone will love you eventually. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Just. I'm going to say, by the Dreamcast because that game, I that system. When I remember when my friend, when I was at, I was at um, Air Force Supply School in San Antonio, Texas. I had three months to do nothing except go to supply school. Had a great time with a bunch of other young officers. We were having a great time. He, I brought my PlayStation with me. My friend got a Dreamcast, and when I saw Soul Calibur, 
it blew mm-hmm. my socks off. It blew what the PlayStation was doing away. Oh my goodness, it made the, the Dreamcast or the N64 looked silly because they, you know, it was no longer blood. It was it was funny because that was the area of like 3D gaming where it went away from like the really ugly pixels to the mm-hmm. PS2 era, you know, which uh, you know, the GameCube, the games started looking better in 3D. And that was the first one that came out of the gates. Um, and the games on there were just amazing. I just love them. Soul Calibur, you had Resident Evil, the uh they didn't have the EA games, sports games, so they made their own franchises. The 2K, 2K Sports started with the Dreamcast. And NFL 2K was to me 10 times better than man. Loved it. Just really good ports of arcade classics, originals like Power Stone, um, great Sonic Adventure. It was really fun. Um, yeah, it had so many cool. I mean, and it had some unique innovations like the VMU port with the screen where you could play as like a little game. You put it in there and you could see your plays in football. Um and it had a rumble pack you'd put. So it looked like a beast because you'd put that and then it had a rumble pack you'd put in it. It had the con- the control cable was at the bottom. So that was weird and odd. Um, it was just did so many things weirdly. It only had one analog stick. So we didn't learn from that, apparently, for mm. some reason. It was it looked the whole system itself looked kind of childish, kind of Fisher Price as well. But um I just really enjoyed the system quite a bit. And, and it, I was in I, I took it with me to Korea and it was my friend. So I had a great time with it. Also found that you could actually pirate games on it when I was in Korea. And there was a pirate shop downtown Korea. So that's popular, right? If it can be port. So that was a good time. Found some really crazy games I could play on it. Really love the Dreamcast. Uh, and, you know, it brought um, internet gaming really to a console for the first time, which is really cool. I don't think I ever did that, but Fantasy Star Online was the game that was mm. uh, kind of for it. So, um, yeah, uh, a lot of fond memories, uh, a lot of bad missteps. Actually has Windows CE in it, so actually was the first Microsoft's first iteration of gaming in hardware. So there you go. Yeah, right. Sagan, and, and then Peter Moore worked for Dreamcast, then he went to work for Xbox. So kind of crazy. It was, you know, just, just yeah. really crazy. But to your point, yes, and it, at a bad point, because more basically Sony could just, hey, you don't want this, you want this, and just hold off. But um, mm. really, really love that system. Uh, then the, the, the system that I would rent would be the Wii U. Um, the only reason I would rent it is because the library, um, where I played almost all the games I needed to on the system, but there were so many droughts and there was just a lot of gaps in the, in the, the software that it always felt like it was never, a, you could only have that system. It felt like it was always like, and it was, it didn't always have the games you wanted on it. It was like, oh, you know, here's, here's Mario 3D World. Well, Kelly felt like 3D land. And um, even though it's a good game, it just felt like it never had its shining moment. Um, it didn't get a Zelda game, really like a, a pure Zelda game until mm-hmm. the end of the life of like almost at the end of its life. So it kind of felt like it didn't have a Metroid. It, it lacked a lot of system. had the first HD iteration, though, of a lot of games, which was great for Nintendo. Um and they tried some things, um, Zombie U and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, Nintendo Land and th- that, that asynchronous gameplay that kind of worked, but was hard to pull off. But um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time with the system. But yeah, it definitely had its gaps. So um, I think it was a fine system. My last game I played on that was Shantae. The last, oh, it was the cool. Yeah, and I love that game. So it was really good. Yeah, so... Very, very cool system. Uh, then the Vita, that's a return. 
I am not a handheld gamer whatsoever. I've owned a bunch of them and I play them for a little bit. I'm like, I don't like the controls. Screen's too small. This is not how I like the game. But um, I beat Shovel Knight on that system. So it was perfect for Shovel Knight. And to your point, Mark, that system system. had its faults. But they, yeah, handheld gaming for a long time was like, well, we didn't include these. Kind of like the 3DS had one analog pad and didn't have the other one. Then it added the like the little nub and stuff like that. And it's like, well, the Vita was missing L2 and R2. And that was a huge gap to really bring the games in. And it also, I think it was the point where everybody woke up to say, it's hard to balance two unique systems and develop software for them because they have unique hardware requirements. And Mm. Sony couldn't. They couldn't just put their mainline PS3 games on the Vita. It just wasn't powerful enough. It was just they were going to have to compromise too much. So essentially, Nintendo learned from that Wii U 3DS era and said, you know what? Everything's we're just making for one thing. Um, We're going to manage the hardware power so we don't have to worry about uh, splitting our resources. We just have everything go to one handheld. So I think that's where Sony is because people say, oh, bring back Sony. Like Sony's never going to bring out something on the PS5 that could work on their handheld if they did that. It just wouldn't work. You'd be at like Mm -hmm. 720, 15 frames per second, maybe. So, yeah, that's that's my uh, choices. So. They're all they're all they're. Good things. So, yeah, yeah. So many, so many almost hits with all three of these. Absolutely. Like, slight, slight variations, and and I think it could have gone different ways. Absolutely, like never dropping the price of the Wii U, <laughs> being <sighs> Nintendo's most expensive system ever until the OLED came out, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, thanks, everyone. Uh, Brandon, thank you for your comment. Now we're going to move into what we've been playing because we're going to save the news uh, to go into our special topic. So, Mark, you know, I don't know how you gamed without without any power, but I assume if it's handheld, it means you can charge a little bit and play a little bit. Yeah. So my uh, my parents ended up getting power back a few days before I did. So, of course, the night before all the hurricane stuff, I charged up as many devices as I could and even had like my 3DS charged up, portable battery packs, and a bunch of them all lined up. My brother did the same. So, um, yeah, so we were kind of ready to go. But uh, one nice thing, my parents did have a generator as well. So we were able to charge devices there and it was it was fine. Um, spent a lot of time with my parents. Very grateful for those people uh, and very grateful that they live close by that we could just kind of pop over and charge devices and, you know, take advantage of, of their generator. Um, so I did play a bit of switch, but the first game I want to talk about is on Xbox. And I g- grabbed that the second we had power back, I, I set the, uh, the game pass app to, uh, to, to download this, this thing because I couldn't wait to show Finn Paw Patrol Grand Prix. And, uh, this is on game pass. Uh, again, it's it's one of those games by Outright Games who just keep knocking these games out of the park, man. It is so much fun to introduce Finn to gaming with with IP that he loves. Uh, and he he he's not a huge Peppa Pig fan, but he he watched me play that a little bit because I wanted to try something just you know different. But but this one, Paw Patrol Grand Prix, he got so excited the voice actors are there <laughs> he he started like screaming as soon as he saw his favorite characters um 
so I, I did things as, as Rocky, Rubble, Sky. They were like the characters he's screaming at me to play. It was, it was awesome. Um, and the thing I want to hit on the most on this one, because it is a solid racing game. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's fun. It's, it's good for kids and whatever, but it has an assisted driving mode. That's basically like you can just plop a controller down in front of your kid and it's just going to go. It's just going to finish the race. They really don't even have to do anything. And Finn was pressing, he, he was holding it a to go and occasionally he'd touch the control stick, but it kept him in the center and he was holding in the buttons. And every once in a while I'd lean over and press X to shoot something or whatever. But for the most part, like he just kind of had the Xbox controller. There's a the, a photo on uh, on Twitter that I think I, I shared and and possibly Instagram. Um, but it's just him, and he's got the biggest smile on his face. He was so happy. He won his first race, came in first, and it was just like as soon as he hit that finish line, I threw my hands up. I was celebrating. <laughs> he got all excited. Um, and he just, he loved it, man. And then, you know, he watched me play. And again, he was telling me who who to pick and loved hearing Mayor Humdinger be the like kind of overarching villain and throw things on the racetracks and stuff. Like he just had so much fun with this that I couldn't even stop playing it. Like he wanted, it was his nap time. And I was like, oh, do I have to stop playing? Look, look how happy he is. <laughs> so it was, it was awesome to, to one, get power back. And two, that's the first thing I did when I fired up the Xbox was like, hey, buddy, you have been like deprived of entertainment. And he he was so good through the week. But like that was that was like, we're 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 hitting this hard. You are getting back into like power and technology and everything else. And here's a Paw Patrol game. But like that was the greatest, the greatest thing. So outright games like, man, thank you. You guys are just like Finn's first gaming memories. Although I do have to also, hold on, I think I can grab this without leaving my seat. So Finn spotted this. This is probably 30 years old at this point. He has been super obsessed with pinball. Very cool. This is I like- I think I remember old. that one. I think I remember that specific one. So I that was my old uh, pinball set when Does I was- Does it still power on? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I've been trying to find batteries, but of course, everywhere is sold out of mm -hmm. every size battery yeah. because, you know, power apocalypse. Uh, and it, the thing takes like four C batteries. So I have God, a million, there's no adapter. You probably need like triple A's. Probably see if it's, does uh, somebody make an adapter so you no longer have to buy those ridiculous batteries? I wish. Uh, I have, and I have every other type of batteries. I have D double A's, triple A's. I even have like watch batteries in the house. Um, like I have everything but freaking C batteries and I need four of the suckers and I can't find them anywhere. I could have uh, loaned you some cause I needed those little batteries for my, uh, for my thermometer. Cause I couldn't find those. I'm like, crap, I'm going oh, run out of those. Uh, so these are, yeah, the big giant round suckers is I need four of them for this. Um, so that's it. But I, I did, I cleaned it all the the plexiglass is is a little broken but he's been so fascinated by it and he's he's figured out pulling the trigger back and launching the thing and then he just slaps the sides of it and uh and it makes the paddles go and it's it's highly entertaining and i can't wait to like keep going with both real games 
and video games and he just he seems to be interested in it all and this thing doesn't even light up yet like oh wow that's gonna blow just wait till it lights up it's literally just the mechanics of it that he's interested in and uh, it keeps going back he he went back for it today like i kind of hit it because i don't want him to break it more <laughs> when he gets bored of it and throws things <laughs> but I, I hit it and he he like searched it out and found it today and was just like yeah this and i uh, put it on the coffee table and he stands at perfect height for him um so great between paw patrol and and that my my gaming with finn at you know not even two and a half years he's like he's ready to go um yeah, they just great. they just launched DC League of Super Pets too on Game Pass. So he had like very little interest in that one. Sadly, oh, really? I tried. Oh, <laughs> he he. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was with that one. He just he he, yep, flitted off with the, his attention. Um, I thought it was cool. The first mission, at least, I I played through the first one and was like trying to be like, hey, look, it's a dog, like flying through the air. And he was just like, eh, okay. Yeah, it's not an IP that he's probably familiar. It's like he doesn't have the connection with it. Yeah, the movie's on HBO Max now. Oh, maybe I'll have to check. Uh, All the HBO, uh, some of the HBO stuff goes to Crave here. I'll have to check it out. I'll I'll, I'll see. Um, So that was one I I thought he was going to like, but he he, he didn't really grab onto. Um, So some of the other stuff I will talk, we we played one game similar, so I'm going to get rid of the other ones and then we'll talk about that similar game. Uh, My brother, of course, while the power's off, he starts showing me on his switch monster hunter rise. And uh, I was able, so we hooked the, uh, we hooked the router up to the generator. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Cause that was a priority, right? Yeah. Um, so I downloaded the demo for Monster Hunter Rise and he's showing me all these things and I played a few different weapon classes and then um, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just buying it. It was on sale. So I got Monster Hunter Rise with the Sunbreak DLC and the whole like deluxe edition or whatever. So all the DLC that's possible there. Um, I'm liking it. It's my first. I did play the Monster Hunter game on Wii a little mm. bit. Yeah. Try. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Um, I was going to make like a, yes, I tried it. That's the one. I'm uh, uh, but I'm not. Yeah, those. Um, <laughs> anyway, I am. I'm liking this one. I've played around with a couple of different weapon classes. I've done a couple of different missions. It was really cool to do some missions with him, local multiplayer and that kind of stuff. So it's uh, it's neat. As it, So if you're, if you're a Monster Hunter player and you want to like kind of show me the ropes, let me know. Um, and then the other one, because, you know, Monster Hunter and Splatoon aren't taking enough of my time away. I decided to get back into Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and try to c- complete the Sinnoh decks because I beat that game a couple of weeks ago and I think I talked about it here, getting back into it. I'm back into it again. Oh, wow. It's just... I don't know, man. This game... Like, I should be ready for the next Pokemon game and just kind of, like, cleansing my palate with everything else but like i think the, i was talking to my brother about this and i think the reason i can get into brilliant diamond is because it's the old style of games mm. and scarlet and violet are going to be the new 3d style so i don't think i could like go and replay shield right now and be still hyped for the next game but this one's doing something for me and i've been i've been really picking off so i have like a handful of Pokemon that I have to try to get through trades and stuff, especially if you own Pearl, let me know. I need some of the exclusives. Um, yeah, man, I've been like 
I found the mythical Pokemon so far. I've got like some legendaries. I was doing transfers from Pokemon home from other games that I knew I had like, Oh, I have this one. I have that one. And I'm like grinding to level up a couple of things. Like I'm hooked and I'm ready for November. So that's it. What have you been playing? Well, um, I, I was trying to play because I'm like sick. I have nothing better to do. So why don't I try playing some games, wrap up some things. So um, Splatoon, I think I'm done. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't love Splatoon. And what was there was just like, eh, it feels like more Splatoon. So I think I can hop off that. Logan says he's going to keep playing. So good for him. I never get to play Salmon Run. I just, once I said I couldn't get that, I didn't, I didn't have the level to play it. I'm like, eh, okay, moving on. So my interest kind of waned very quickly with Splatoon again. So, um, it is Splatoon, uh, but <laughs> Avengers, I didn't mention it, but I'm, Oh no. Splatoon. Yeah. I, I assume you are. It's just, it's once again, you've got two years of, of playing Splatoon with updates. So yeah, it's great. Um, Avengers. So uh, this game is free everywhere, I think now. Um, and I never finished the Wakanda content, which I really wanted to do because the movie's coming out. So and new trailer just dropped, folks. See that. So it's good. awesome. Namor looks he, it was Namor's time to shine and he looks cool as hell. I I, I, I know man with winged wings on his feet. Very odd. Say, I can't believe they leaned into the little flitty oh, wing that. feet like so good. Yeah, I mean, Marvel doesn't always do a great job of sticking like they typically put guys in brown suits. But this one, they're like, nope, he's going to look like Speedo <laughs> wings. Just go they for it. Just leaning more into that. I think like, I love it. If you watch even like She-Hulk, like this, mm-hmm. the most recent episode with uh, yeah, the, the, the goofy Cole bad guys, like just like they're just they're not afraid anymore to like just rip stuff straight out of the comics and just like give you that. But they also they're 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 putting some cool spins on it. Like yeah. Namor has his little foot wings, but like also looks very different and feels very different. Oh yeah. And I like yeah. that they're changing that up and and kind of it's a it's a cool mix of like making it work in the world, but also giving us some like, why does he have wings on his feet? Who cares? He can fly now. Like it's <laughs> he lives underwater, but he can still fly. Uh because comic books. He was like, one of Marvel's very right. first characters back in the 40s, him and Human Torch the Android. Very weird. Go back, look it up, folks, when it was Timely Comics. Um, but yeah, so I wrapped up the, um, the Wakanda content. I had a blast. It's really fun. It makes me remember what I liked about the game, which is the single-player content and taking away all of the nonsense about all the weird, like, oh, you need to get this thing and you need more of this content and you have to do 85 waves to clear this so i'm like thank god i didn't have to do that so i had a good time had a really fun time good boss with claw very very well worth the content yeah yeah so i I really enjoyed that and i'm like oh well let's see i've got spider-man that content i can play and then the mighty thor content everything i said about wakanda throw that away and say, here's Spider-Man, 18 steps to, or pieces of content to go through. And it's not real content. It's just go to a war zone and do this. Oh, use this. Uh, and I'm like, I don't enjoy those type of things. It's like, it's like trophies is the game where it's like, oh, I have to do this if I to get a trophy. Um, to me, that is non-value added, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I, I just feel like in Spider-Man was just, it wasn't truly an expansion. It was just like, 
these these missions that were just kind of boring. Get a little bit of he would talk. Uh, didn't have a lot of CG. So I, I kind of feel like that's the problem with Avengers. I just don't think that end game, that long term combat is interesting because you're eventually just trying to get costumes. That's like thing. And then fill out your, mm. um, your, your, your skill tree, which, but it takes so long to do that. I'm no longer having fun enjoying the, the, the cool mode or the, the cool con- combat I just got. So, um, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that, mm. uh, it's buried there and mighty Thor. I didn't even get to, cause I'm like, I'm assuming it's more the same and mighty Thor looked really cool, but I'm like, this isn't enjoyable whatsoever. It's just busy yeah. work. Um, and once again, they didn't with Spider-Man, they didn't add new enemies. They didn't add new bosses or anything like that. So essentially in this game, I think there's still like only four bosses. Um, and there's just a lot of robots. And I think Mighty Thor is the same. I, I don't think they've done any yeah. story DLC for anyone since, uh, since the Black Panther expansion. Like, I, I don't think there's, there's been anything of value i think it's all like you said busy work for the new characters and it's it's yeah. kind of like reskins ish kind of thing and it's uh yeah it's a, it's a little i almost wish they had like parsed it like here's the main campaign um you get that you get all the multiplier stuff you want but we're going to develop more uh campaigns and expansions and we'll charge you for them i think that's fair i think it would have been far better because they've been great yeah. so far like Absolutely. future was it future perfect? Yeah. With that Hawkeye was great. One? Yeah. Awesome. Too much, too much Hawkeye, of course. You got like Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, which was like you don't have you shouldn't have two main archers. That just it just need to mix it up a little bit. Somebody's a little bit different, but um yeah, I thought Spider-Man's a story yeah. aspect, but yeah, yes. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, but Why? uh Spider-Man was done really well. I was not expecting Spider-Man to be done very well. I thought he was great. I thought, you know, hey, compared to like the Insomniac, this is still probably one of the better ways I've seen Spider-Man control and play. So um, it is behind the wall of owning a PlayStation. But if you have PlayStation, you can play it for free now. So PS4 or PS5. So Mark, you could even get into it if you really wanted to. But that's a grind yeah. to get there. Yeah. Because it's not helped. But yeah. Not, not going to have the uh, Xbox is definitely my primary console. That's where I beat all the DLC and mm-hmm. and you know got all this yeah and there's no there's no save there's no uh, uh, cloud saves exactly so without that it's like i don't want to have to start the game over again just to do that yeah not happening yeah uh let's see Uh, a game that i really enjoy and i keep forgetting i enjoy is called blood roots i've talked about this one before it's just Mm. a really fun arcade style game where you have to basically clear a level of bad guys in whatever inventive ways you want to do you can roll over them with a wagon wheel. You can hit them with a flamingo. It's a hoot. Absolutely great. And it's so perfect because the levels are small and, you know, you die, you start right away. It's got that, you know, it's very addictive and it's fun, um, but it's leaving Game Pass. Now, folks, when games right. leave Game Pass, they're gone, uh, but you can buy them uh, with Game Pass. You get a discount of like 25%. So you can buy the game for like 15 bucks. So that's that. I might do that. Uh, I am at a boss level. And once again, boss is the same way. You start over again. I don't like it because there's phases. And mm. that's the annoying part. Because I'm like, oh, I beat that part and I have to do it all again. That's that's not fun. I don't want to have to do that same thing again. I'd rather with there was like saves points within a boss, you know, just to make it feel like I'm I'm getting exhausted versus I'm still having a good time. But Bloodroots is awesome. The art style is just goofy and fun. It's 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 a really good game. So check out Bloodroots. Um I tried Grounded Mark. It is now officially 
released. All right, full release. It's, it's no longer early access. I held off to play it. This is uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids um, by uh, Obsidian. Great studio. This is a first-person perspective uh, survival crafting game where you're trying to solve the fact of how you got shrunk and how you get mm-hmm. back to real life size. You're essentially crafting things to survive. Uh, you know, you you can die at night. Uh, insects are all over the place. Uh, they'll kill you. Mites can kill you. Uh, it doesn't take much to die. You can die of thirst. Uh, you can save uh, or, or change the level of survival you want to play with. Like, I think you can just turn off like thirst and hunger, which is great because that's my least favorite thing to do. We're going to a game like I'm going to, you know, starve or, or dehydrate. So, um, but I will say this, if you don't enjoy crafting or survival, um, you're probably not going to like this game. I think it's a lot, got a lot of charm. Um, they, they have a story content now, but I don't like crafting at all. I don't, I don't like that busy work. And I don't like it from a third person perspective either. I think that's mm-hmm. a limiting because insects are going to be all around you. And from a first person perspective, because it's not really a combat game, I kept dying and I would go try to get my backpack and the spider wouldn't leave. So I couldn't go back and get my possessions. So um, it's cute. But once again, not for me, not my, not my, not my busy, like a checklist of getting my, uh, doing my laundry, (laughs) you know, folding my clothes, getting my groceries, just not my, I I don't want to mix my, my real life chores with what I have to do in, in my video game life. So, but it's there. I think this is a perfect game for somebody like my friend, my son, I think would really enjoy the game. He tried it in, um, uh, when it was under early access and he said, dad, it was mm. just way too hard. They did all these things. Just, um, it, it was kind of, uh, pulling him away from the experience versus making him excited about being in it. But I think this is going to be somebody's first like survival game that they're going to really love just because the aesthetics, the fun, uh, it's goofy. Um, I think it's well worth checking out, but definitely not for Todd. Uh, play- I did play that oh. one in early, early access and, mm-hmm. uh, I liked it. I was missing kind of like guidance or some mm-hmm. sort of story kind of thing. So I, I might check that out. It's just, it's got more now. Yeah. It's um, I, I need to get back into that. But again, there's so much that I've been playing and also without power for a week. So that cut in on <laughs> what I could play. Yeah. So there we you go. have to choose wisely when it comes to games. I realize that now it's like, I, where am I going to put my time? Because if I really love game, I, that's where I want to put my time versus, you know, forcing the fun is always hard, mm-hmm. um, which I really love a good demo. So PlayStation with their new PS plus service has offered like brand new demos on games uh, that are typically third party releases. Uh, One of those games is Steel Rising. This one looks like a cyberpunk uh, Victorian era uh, in in France where Marie Antoinette is essentially holed up. It's the Revolutionary War, I believe, uh, in France. And apparently someone created automatons to protect uh, the royalty, so you have one, and this is essentially uh, a Souls-like, where you are that automaton woman, you're off to go on a mission, and this is definitely, they took a page out of all the Souls-like games, I mean, everything, even some of the sounds, sounds exactly like it, where basically, uh, very difficult combat, you've got save points, you can power up and do these things, and the aesthetic and world was kind of cool, but everything else didn't win me over at all. I didn't think the combat was really entertaining. Um, I didn't like the 
once again, the souls like genre is just not my thing. So there wasn't anything there to really say this feels like it stands out from a design perspective, combat perspective. Mm -hmm. But I have heard that people that are like this genre like it a lot. Uh, just because it's not grim and gritty and ugly, it's kind of at a, it's kind of more of attractive aesthetic, and it's um, like I said, it's that cyberpunk or not cyberpunk, steampunk look. So gears and 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 all those fun things. So I think there's something there for someone, just not for me. But I'm so glad I got to try it, just because this might have been the one. But I didn't waste anything, and it was like mm. an hour and a half demo to try, and it it's basically. Play as long as you want. So Steel Rising. So um, there you go. It's probably a game that'll be on sale for like 30 bucks in three weeks because there's just no buzz for it. So yeah. And then lastly, the game that has been challenging to even play and that's Cyberpunk 2077 because of my PC woes. I bought the game on PS4, with, which has the PS5 upgrade. I believe the same with the Xbox. You get the Xbox Series X upgrade for free. Mm -hmm. It's completely patched, completely up to date. Now there is a next-gen version of it. And this game runs phenomenally. It's beautiful. Um, I said it looks probably looks as good as it did in my PC when I got it to run for a short period of time. Um, I think the the interface is pretty well done because this was a PC first game. So you always worry mm -hmm. about is the text going to be too small? Is it going to control? And it does do that little bit of like if you remember Mark Destiny where it uses kind of like your analog stick is kind of like a mouse, which Order. is just it's like, guys, can we change that on console? It just seems like mm -hmm. that's just a silly thing to make it more user friendly where it kind of ticks down versus you have to it just feels so slow, <laughs> um, the sticks. But it, I, I think the game, um, and, and and this game is getting a renaissance. I mean, obviously it got its, uh, was was ravaged because it launched PS4 and Xbox you know, One versions that uh, on the base systems just couldn't handle the game. They didn't have time to optimize it. And it probably never should have been brought out for those systems. I believe it works pretty well on Xbox One X and PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a tilted experience on that. But I think take away all those technical issues um, and people are really finding a lot to love in this game. Um, it's by the people who made Witcher, which I absolutely love Witcher 3. It's one of my favorite games of all time. And this game is really interesting because it is not an open world game where it's like you can impact the environment, but it is open in world in regards to you can go along your quest line how you want. You can do the main line, or you can do side quests. Um, you can play the game this way. You can play one of three different ways. I think it's Corpo. Uh, there's three like backgrounds you have, basically corporate from the yeah, from the uh, Outlands or whatever. In the city you grew up yeah. out, out in the Outlands kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, so you can really choose the way you play and how your story goes, and that was what was great uh, about a lot of RPGs. It's just you have your role, you take it in, your skill tree, how you uh, incorporate um, that into your approach to combat situations. Maybe you invest heavily into conversation so you can actually get out of a fight uh, or do something like that. So I think that's where it leans heavily. It's not, like I said, it's not going to be where it's destructible environments. You're doing all this crazy stuff to the world that you live in. Your impact is the paths you take in your story. So I like that a lot. Um, and I am kind of doing the main path right now. Um, I'm playing a corpo. I'm playing a, a woman V is, is, um, I did my style and buyer beware kids or parents. If you have uh, kids playing this game, there's nudity. Especially when you're doing your character selection your screen. Game. No. 
it's not there's for it's that's for kids profanity oh my god on the first mi- well the, like you said character selection yeah. screen but also in the first mission there's just it's just right there um yeah don't don't let kids play this yeah it's it's definitely not for kids it's mature there's drugs there's sex and rock and roll everything there um but um so far i'm really enjoying it there's these um interactive like almost detective work elements called Mm -hmm. uh bd where you're essentially taking a scene from someone's perspective and you're replaying back the scene and you can zoom in on things you can look for audio clues thermal clues and kind of do investigation that way it's kind of neat you can uh, do those type of things so there's one mission you do that at the very beginning which is kind of interesting because you're trying to essentially do a, a um a break-in mission, which is kind of cool. So um, I will say the combat might not be for everybody. It's first person. Um, it is heavily weapon-centered. There is melee with with uh, swords and things like that. Um, and it is kind of the skill tree is overwhelming. I have not even delved into the skill, tr- skill tree and all the different things you can adapt. Yet. I'm trying to find a good guide for that because I, feel, I hate the pressure of it because I feel like I'm going to make the wrong decision and I'm going to have a horrible time. So I need some something to guide me to make better decisions so I can really enjoy my way because apparently like engaging in these and then up get the, and then get these certain weapons and there's lots of side quests to get better weapons. So I, I'm pretty happy with this game so far. Um, and this is a game that I've heard if you mainline, it could take 40 hours. Right. So Mark, you, you've played this too then. I have. Yeah. I, I got back into it. So, um, I played a bit of this, when it first launched, I played it on the Xbox One X and it was okay. But I, I quickly kind of, you know, as I was reading and seeing things happen with it. And I, I think I tried a little bit on my my Series X when I first got it. But I, I kind of quickly decided to put it away and wait for it to be all ready to go and patched and then kind of forgot about it. But I, I still, I held on to my copy. I still have a Steelbook copy. That's what I've been playing. Me too. And, uh, um, I also had the, the pleasure and, uh, and honor of, of interviewing and, and kind of moderating a panel with the female V's voice actor, uh, Trami Lee at CaperCon. Oh, that's uh, right. Con a couple weeks ago where I, congratulations again for you, my um, friend. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. It was, it was really cool. And, uh, sadly I didn't get to ask her too many questions because the audience asked a ridiculous ton of questions which was was awesome obviously for the <laughs> the audience and that kind of stuff but i had like a whole list of questions that i wish i asked but one thing i did ask her uh was with cyberpunk ed- uh, cyberpunk edge runners on netflix uh big resurgence of people playing the game like you and i have been and uh, and a ton of people that i've just seen on twitter and in the community and that kind of whatever just kind of going back and revisiting this game uh how she felt and, uh, you know, she obviously hasn't really been involved too much since she recorded the dialogue. And she talked a little bit about, you know, voice acting in games versus in anime and different things like that. Um, but she said, you know, the, the people that she worked with, the crew there were super proud of what they were doing with the game. And, you know, the launch was the launch. And uh, she said that the team that she has spoken for basically, you know, kind of so they're going to keep their head down and keep pushing at it. And, and, uh, you know, that they were proud of, 
of their work and and kind of wish that it was received better and she's happy now to see people kind of going through so as you're playing um with with your your female v there um that's that's her voicing it and uh and it's really cool so i actually just restarted this game and i'm playing with the nomad class last time i did street class um and i'm only a few missions in but it's cool to see how even picking a different class kind of restructures yeah some of the start of the game uh Mm -hmm. your your intro is completely different but then your first mission uh kind of after like the cyberpunk introduction once you get into uh the city your first mission is pretty much the exact same uh you you run through it the exact same way um but it's uh it's it's neat man it's it's really cool to to revisit this and like you said the the series x upgrade was kind of you know free and instant and very easy to do even from the the xbox one disc um so super happy to be getting into this and uh um, yeah, I want to keep kind of pushing through it, but I, I think, like you said, I think I'm probably going to just kind of mainline this and try not to squirrel yeah. off too much, mainly because this is a packed fall. I have a ton of other stuff to play and my gaming time's limited anyway. Um, I didn't even get into the new season of Fortnite, uh, talking about that or anything like that, but it's good. Um, the, uh, the new comic, they just finished the Marvel comic run as well. I have that behind me. Um, that's a, that, that's, that was a cool very cool run for Marvel uh, and Fortnite. Uh, they did some some really neat things. Um, yeah, so that's a, there's a lot of of great gaming goodness. But I'm glad people are getting back into cyberpunk. And uh, yeah, it's a really cool timing. Yeah, uh, and see Project Red. I mean, they are a good developer. I think this was really corporate mismanagement to to launch the game when they did. They could have done a tiered yep. launch with to PS or PC first until we get this thing hammered out and then we'll release the rest or we'll make a determination. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they realize that. I mean, we had No Man's Sky, which that game is having a renaissance as well. And I'm glad mm-hmm. to see games that have good promise and the people that made it finally getting some recognition and it can avoid all the nonsense around it. And uh, the Edge Runners content just dropped. The Edge Runners TV show on Netflix is out. And then we are getting more. Uh, there's an expansion going to be coming out for this game for free. Um, I believe in the future too, only for next gen. So uh, this game has a lot of promise. And I think this is a game where to your mark, to your point, um, if you mainline it, you're going to m- be missing a lot of the game, but that's fine. That's it's fine. Like with Witcher, I did a lot of side quests and things first before I mainlined it. A lot of people never even mainline the game. They just live the world kind of like Skyrim and things like that. So yeah. I think that's where it's great where, and I, and I don't know if this game where you finish it, if it's just like, okay, now do other things. Because if it is, then this game could last you quite some time. On this, before we go on to our main topic, I do want to ask you, because of this kind of resurgence, because of a couple of games that have we've seen resurgence, do you think there's still as much weight from the Miyamoto quote, uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad? Uh, he said that back in, I believe, the N64 days. Um could have been later, but I think it is something's telling me that was N64. Either way, do you think that still holds as much weight now? Like, do you think that Cyberpunk, no matter how many people are playing it now, that that launch reputation still kind of lingers as a stink over it? Or do you think people can get past that uh, nowadays? And that quote does not ring the same. You know, that's a hard one because if the structure isn't sound, 
then I would say no. <laughs> a bad game is a bad game, regardless of what you did. But I think if the the structure and the tenets and the things that have grounded it are sound, um, just like No Man's Sky, I think the, the the I think the structure was there. It was just they overpromised and all these things didn't happen. And I think it became a they were they overpromised it. Like you know, a lot of great game designers do that. They overpromise and t- sell you the world, and it doesn't live up to its uh, hype. I think Spore was a game like that too. Didn't really live up to its because I think what they sold versus what it delivered, and they walked away from that game versus Confusebird. I think it's the fact that games we've seen. The fact that if people can focus and still work on a game to improve it and they're passionate, they're given the resources to do so, um, I think it can be successful, but it's a balance, right? You don't want Mm -hmm. to assume that, yeah, we'll get this game better in two years and people will stick around for it and embrace it versus being burned. Um, I think that's where some games could benefit from like an early access, like a Grounded. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe yeah. because that game didn't drop with all its features, but I think they wanted to learn from players' experiences and things like that. I mean, think about like a game where like Minecraft, where they've grown, or even a Fortnite. Um, they're, they're a different experience today than they originally launched, but um, they had good bones, and that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't know many bad games that become good over time, or you know that mm-hmm. are just don't have a strong vision, or they don't have strong leadership, and you need a company or someone that will allow them to continue to work on it. I mean, CR Project Red could have just said, we're done with Cyberpunk, we're walking away, and said we're not going to do any of the content, we're going to work on Witcher 4 because people want that. So I will credit for them for the, supporting the developers uh, that make the game and do that. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, is there is there another example you could think of? Like, this game would have been horrible three years after launch, or... Yeah, this game is 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 this game needs more time and needs more support because it's got something good. I mean, I don't know. There's there's these are not. I mean, Final Fantasy fourteen is another game like that. But that game, mm. essentially, what they did, Mark, they shut it down and they relaunched it. I mean, yeah. that rarely happens either. So, but Duke Nukem Forever came out after being delayed fourteen years right. or whatever, and that was still a pile of crap. So, like I said, the foundation <laughs> I think is really what where it does the job. Yeah, that's it. I, and and I, I I was right. He did say this back in the N64 days, um, delayed the launch of the N64 by three months to afford his time team to finish the game of his vision. Uh, and, and then said that quote. Uh, so that's that's back when games couldn't even be patched. You know, like N64, you couldn't patch a game if you released a, a broken game on N64. It was just broken forever. Um, so it's, yeah, I it's interesting to think now um, you brought up a couple of really great examples of uh, like Fortnite's a great example of that because it wasn't a battle Royale game. Like Fortnite save the world mode is what Fortnite was supposed to be. So like, it was like, it was like, uh, was it a tower tower defense? Was it a tower defense? Kind of reminds me of, yeah, like you would build up your fort and then hold off the zombies or whatever. Right. Yeah. It was, it was a horde mode with with some tower defense and building yeah. mechanics uh and they took that and just made they're like hey PUBG's popular let's toss a um a battle royale mode into this thing and and now we have marvel comics and, and lore and and crazy and travis um, scott and concerts um yeah yeah wild um yeah it's so it's so cool to watch the evolution of games but um 
and it, I, I'm gonna have to we, we might have to revisit that as a topic sometime because I, I I'm trying to think of some some games that launched broken and are completely different or, or launched uh, completely differently. So anyway, I just want well, I'll ask you a question then because yeah. a lot of Nintendo games launch sometimes feature bear right like a mm-hmm. game like um, Mario Strikers. A lot of people feel like that game did not launch like it didn't feel robust. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if a lot of people feel like that game's got a lot coming to it. Like kind of like Mario Kart uh, 8 Deluxe, right? It was like four years until they brought content. So I I don't, is Nintendo just in that more mindset of like, but Splatoon was different, right? Splatoon, they added stuff. It kind of launched a little Mm -hmm. bit bare, but then they continued to add to it adds Blatfest and things like that support it. So Nintendo is like a weird beast where it's like, it's either feature complete or sometimes feels a little bare. And it's like, sometimes you don't know if it's going to get content. Like what uh, Mario party, the one where they finally added like online four years later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Nintendo. I, that's it. Yeah. I don't know if Nintendo even knows what it's doing half the time with this stuff. They, they seem to be stuck one foot in the past and one foot forward. And it, it, it could be even like team by team, like the Splatoon Splatoon three. We know there's content for two years. They've said that upfront, we are supporting this game for this long. You will, you're guaranteed to get content for that long. So please spend your $60 or whatever you're going to spend on this and we will support you and thank you and other games are just like well here's a soccer ball kick it around and we might support it we might drop this completely either way we have your money like there's 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 got to be some sort of middle ground and nintendo seems to be fumbling that completely this generation with with mixed messages or no messages at all it's it's just it's it's weird it's weird man i they need they need stronger guidance, I think, with with some of the messaging or some of the like I said, some of the teams. Like it just seems like it's a team by team problem that it's like, here's the greatest game ever made that's feature complete, but we'll add some DLC for a little bit just because we still have some story to tell. Or, you know, here's something that should be thirty bucks, but it's sixty because we're Nintendo, so screw up. Like it's they're all over the place. Yeah, and Xbox seems to be on the opposite page where they seem to be like a game like Sea of Thieves where it's like launches ho-hum and now it's like growing the fan base and investing into it. They're on season 82 or whatever. Um, (laughs) So they do a really good job of, because I think that's where they feel like they are going to make their biggest impact on games as service because they feel like add content, go there. But on the other side, you've got Halo Infinite right now, which people feel like, is that game even going to make it? Because almost two years, you know, it's it's been about a year since it was released and that game was delayed a year and it's like the season passed now is almost a year, it seems like. And mm-hmm. and compared to like a Fortnite, it's like Xbox just, uh, you know, I don't know what their plan is with, with Halo, but it just seems like that of any game, you feel like that would be the one that they could move on. Now I'm hearing rumors about that they're going to move to a new engine to potentially bring out a Battle yeah, Royale mode. Unreal. It's just yep. it's just very weird. It just seems like that would be the game you think that would be all you know weapons ready to fire with forge and all these modes and and so even the most robust team you could think with their infrastructure or anything could really nail it. Nobody's nobody's got it. I think everybody mm-hmm. has an opportunity to succeed or fail. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, as well as as mature as the game 
industry is like it's it's very much still in in growing stages in a lot of ways yeah yeah so it's going to be exciting because i think we're going to see more and more of these opportunities to succeed despite initial failures which i think is good because uh, that's somebody's livelihood it's somebody's years of efforts and to see it just be dismissed and move around like that one square enix game that i think it was launched like three months ago and it is just it's going to wrap up in two months it's like ah, that's it's horrible horrible crazy yeah. yeah oh well oh well well this moves us on to unfortunately some some sad news mark uh that is uh stadia has announced that it will be officially closing in january 2023 um they did announce that they will be stepping up to the plate in refunding all hardware which is i'm surprising hardware really because i got a addition for free when i uh ordered Resident Evil Village, but they didn't ask for it back because I got a refund of the game because it didn't run very well. Uh, but anybody got like a Founders Edition, all these will get their money back. All game purchases will be refunded. The only thing that won't be refunded is your previous subscription fees for Stadia Pro. But with that, you did get games. You did get to play. You get to play your games at 4K. So um, I totally get it. You feel like you waste your time. But just like any subscription service, Netflix is not giving you back your purchases. They're not giving you back your mm -hmm. time. X, uh, Xbox when a game leaves, uh, Game Pass is not giving you refund uh because you no longer can play it so i totally get that um with stadia uh the official like or like, i would say that first sign of problems was when they essentially announced they were not going to be developing any games for the system they had development teams those were let it go that was about a year ago and they intended to be more of a delivery service uh, not only for games from third parties but also be a backbone for other delivery services as well now it's essentially going to go away and they're going to wrap this into more of YouTube and more of their other cloud-based initiatives that do not include gaming. So um, so with that, Mark, um, what's your take on Stadia? First off, I, I want to ask, because I, I never really paid that much attention, <laughs> uh, was, was Stadia, uh, the, the hardware, was that available in places like Best Buy and stuff? Because yes. so far they said they, they're okay. So I are they refunding that those purchases? Because what I only read through the Stadia store through Stadia. Okay, there we go. Um, yes. So that sucks if and you bought it. At Best quite Buy. honestly, the hardware was a Chromecast dongle, so you could right. still use that to stream Netflix and stuff like that. So to me, that was like okay. that. That's not a big deal. Yeah. The the controller. I don't believe you can use that for anything else. I've got mine in the box. If you want to see it, it wasn't a bad I hope controller. Unlock that. Yeah. yeah, I hope they unlock that and just let it like if you need if you want to like use an this for, or for something yeah. or, or something. Yeah, right. Just yeah. just unlock the just here. It's a Bluetooth controller. Congratulations. Um, so my my take on this is I I've said it before on this show and I'll I'll say it again. I think Google Stadia and and most dedicated only streaming services are five to ten years too early maybe more depending on how quickly internet infrastructure and speeds kind of take off uh, and 5g adaption and, and whatever um it's it's tough right now only relying on internet and only relying on things uh after again coming from a week without power i'm really happy that the switch exists and that i could play things uh with or without the internet if you know because 
with the generator, you know, we have to shut off and rewire things. And we, like I said, we, we hooked up the internet because my brother and I are geeks and couldn't go 12 hours without internet. (laughs) But, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, we, we turn that part off and, and have to like, you know, put the fridge on so we didn't lose everything. Um, so I was very happy to have gaming options that didn't rely on uh, an internet speed, especially not a quick internet speed. Because even um, even running on LTE, like I couldn't send iMessages for part of it. I couldn't send you. I was trying to update you and Charlie and just telling how I was doing. I'd get a message from you, and it would say sending through through Messenger. Just because phone, like the, you know, people like emergency, they were, I don't know if they were throttling data for emergency services or whatever, but, um, we basically, we were like, it was 24 to 48 hours of like things bogged down from just people texting loved ones and just being like, yeah, I'm okay. Or like, Hey, my apartment has a tree in it. Um, so it was like that kind of shit. It was just like, okay, cool. I can still play Mario Kart. Like we're, we're okay. But, um, solely having streaming there uh is is just one more step that right now i don't think the infrastructure is there and i don't think it's ready very cool technology when it works awesome i've used uh xbox game pass streaming i've used remote play i love the technology when it works when it's there but to put my eggs in that basket of like this is my primary gaming apparatus or this is this is where i'm going to buy these these third-party games or this is where i'm going to play um i think it was a little too early and it sucks that they don't uh that that google doesn't let these things mature they don't let these things gestate they don't um have the patience and i i said that as well like google drops projects and i remember saying that when when they first launched stadia and a couple of times through the years that it's like, I don't trust Google enough. And it sucks that those like that we were right. Um, I did put this out on Twitter before we started. So I do want to read a couple of responses that I got. Uh, Donnie, Donnie Reese, eat the hype. Um, go, go listen to, uh, they, they cover this on P- PSVG. Mm-hmm. Um, so go listen to them. Uh, because they they cover this in I think more depth and have more experience with it than than I have certainly Todd I know you you dabbled a bit uh, but but Donnie said I'm going to miss Stadia while it misses while it missed the chance to break through the gaming status quo with its outdated monetization lackluster launch and failed promises Stadia had become a convenient place to play from my Chromebook or Cast I was looking forward to playing on Logi. Um, yeah, we're starting to see streaming focused hardware yeah. coming out just as this is dying. Like it was, we are so on the cusp of this being a thing that it's the timing sucks so much. They could have just held on. Yeah. Uh, Logitech uh, has their cloud sur- uh, game pad for $350 and Razer has their own uh, handheld as well, which yeah. tells you that they must have an, a, a feel that there is something there to invest and launch a project solely for that. Yeah. Uh, mostly Martinez got back with a few things. I'm going to read, I'm, I'm going to read through these uh, one. Yeah. I will be sad. It's gone. The flexibility and ease of jumping on to play anywhere was unmatched 
in my circumstance. Uh, my son loved, my son loved it, and he was able to get on and play his games without help, which was awesome. That that is a big big bonus. Uh, so many good memories, and the community was amazing. Uh, two, I will lose some some. I asked if people were going to lose like saves and progress and all that kind of stuff because you know Todd, you you kind of alluded to this earlier um, with Avengers. If it's not cross save, there's no account system. Yeah, you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose progress. So uh, he said, I, I I will lose progress on some games. Realistically, there are games I have on Stadia mostly free with Pro. I will never buy or buy again uh, that I have not completed. That's a bummer. However, uh, I have such a huge backlog of games that I'm not too upset about that. I get it. Yeah. Um, three. He said personally, I do not feel burned by Google. Uh, I would rather them have given more funding, backing, and resources into making Stadia better. Uh, I had an amazing time um, with Stadia while it lasted. Uh, many great times with my family and friends. I don't regret anything. Also, refunds. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, and finally, um, he closed out with, it was a fantastic way to play games, but not my only way. The memories and friendships made in the community will always be there, and I am excited to spend more time on other cloud-based platforms such as Amazon Luna and xCloud. I also saw uh, Mostly Martinez, I think, just ordered. Uh, yeah, delivered. Oh, yeah. awesome. It got delivered today, the Amazon Luna controller. Uh, I know Amazon's doing a promotion right now for any Prime members. You can get the controller for like half off or something like that. Um, so they're taking advantage of this. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, that was, the. the I think Luna the, even, uh, uh, tweeted at them this say congratulations. Okay. So it's very cool. Yeah. It's nice, nice when they're, yeah, they're yeah. engaged with the community that, you know, cause they know that there's a awesome. space now yeah. to play and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Amazon's got the money to, to support that service. Absolutely. Like Amazon, Xbox, like these, these, they're in it for the long haul. Hopefully I know, I mean, Xbox is, but they're taking it as, a secondary approach right now they're Absolutely. saying play on xbox download for the best experience but if you can't download jump in right away instant on with xbox game cloud uh or game streaming game pass exactly. what the hell is it called xbox, xbox cloud, cloud streaming it used cloud to be streaming. x cloud and they got away from it. just call it x cloud because i think people like that it sounds name. goofy but it, it makes sense so just embrace like xbox it sounded goofy at the time Embrace yeah. it for what it is. I think it's, so. It sounds, um, you know, it sounds neon, as they would say. <laughs> <laughs> so reading those responses, uh, again, I never got into Google Stadia. I, when I'm streaming, I, I've done, like I said, I, with, with the Vita, I did remote play for my PS4. With Xbox, I've been happy to uh, to be able to stream to my MacBook, my my ipad my phone I've, I've got the controller mount for my phone that i've i've done a few times uh and be able to play that way i've played about both wi-fi and lte i've played it on crappy wi-fi connections out at the cottage and still been able to kind of manage to at least check into things and play slower games that don't require that instant kind of thing mm -hmm. and i've had a good time with that uh todd how do you feel about this as someone with the at least with the stadia controller with the hardware you've dabbled obviously more than me what what are your feels on this one um i think it 
broad and interesting proposal because what you can't do on streaming right now, at least on Xbox cloud gaming, is play all of your library streaming. It's just Game Pass games. Um, if I bought Red Dead Redemption 2 on Xbox right now, I can't cloud stream it. It's it's not part of that service. And this is where people were saying, we're get, Google Stadia was giving an opportunity to play Destiny 2, uh, Cyberpunk 2077, without owning a, a box that was capable of playing it at 4K. Not everybody has a box that can play 4K gaming. That's that's perfectly fine. So I think there was a case for it. If I want, uh, uh, I want to get into gaming... Just buy me games I like. I don't care about the box, and my 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 performance will be consistent with that, and my my uh, my my network speed, and go from there. So it did bring an interesting proposal. I think people think when they think of cloud, think they think of subscription, and just you get all these games. Um, I think that was something Stadia never really brought forward and said this is why they didn't really do their advertising campaign was horrible, and I think it just didn't really resonate with anybody that was outside of the gaming lens so when you can't sell to someone outside of it then you've got a bunch of grumpy old people that want to game the old way they do and then it's like it's hard to convince people um you know we Mm. had scarlet um you know um on our on our show and she was part of this the the stadia gaming and she loved it it was for her it was an opportunity to play uh cutting edge games uh the new releases on uh through the cloud versus having to own a box so I, I get it, but for myself, someone that owns all the systems that can play locally, which is great, I don't worry about my internet going down, not be able to play my games. Um, I tried Resident Evil Village on Stadia with a wired uh, connection to my laptop at one gig, and I had a horrible experience. So I don't even know why. I mean, it should have been great. Um, so I'm like, okay, if this doesn't work for me under the best con- uh, circumstances, I can imagine other people had some horrible experiences. So for me... Um, not ready for prime time. Uh, the other problem was that if you bought a game at $60, you were limited in your resolution to play at 4k. You had to buy the stadia pro subscription service. So to me, that was like, why do I need a service to run at a higher speed on a game? I spent $60 on. So it was really a weird value proposition in the games in their streaming service that you would get as part of a library was okay it was nothing that blew your hats off it was um it was okay so i i think it's a tough sell to your point mark i think this is a additive uh solution right now um switch is playing this way right now because they have underpowered hardware to play games that punch above their weight um which i've not heard great things about it on switch unfortunately but um playstation is using it for backwards compatibility on ps3 games and they are subpar at best. I think PlayStation best is at remote uh, remote uh, play. I was doing Cyberpunk remote play on my iPad. It was great. When my connection was good, it was great. I loved it. It looked awesome. But it was, again, it was attitude. It was another way to play in my house. Um, so I think there's value. But the only other services doing something unique is GeForce Now, where mm-hmm. it is essentially you buy the games, uh, but it's any game in your library, your Steam library or games you own on PC, you pay the subscription and then you can play those streaming at a certain tier of power that you may not be able to afford for a hardware. So they're doing it differently. They're not getting pushback, but they're basically saying it's the games you play, play them anywhere, which I think is a unique additive 
layer to this. So no one's really nailing it. And mm. Amazon Luna is offering you uh, four games a month, I believe, as part of your Prime subscription. And it's fun. I had a great experience doing it. And it works seamlessly on a browser. You plug any controller in or you connect any Bluetooth controller. It works great. So you don't even need a Luna controller if you don't want to. So um, it's weird how everybody is doing this differently. And uh, the cool part is Xbox is going to be adding in eventually, from what I understand, any game in your library will eventually be cloud enabled. Once mm-hmm. they do that, I feel that's the all in one you don't have to worry about it separately. It just goes where you go and how you want to play. And I was using my Razer Kishi uh, to play Tinykin and a bunch of other games. Very cool. Um, on my my um, Google uh, phone. So Google doesn't, but Razer Kishi does. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's um, it is, yeah, it's such a weird time. And no one's no one's doing it exactly right. But I think again, that's that's that like point of like it's a little too early that they, they didn't give it time to figure out what it was. Right. Like it's, uh, yeah. Uh, someone just wrote back, uh, Mr. Joshua pack, uh, at Mr. Joshua pack. Hello. On Twitter, uh, just, just, uh, wrote in, um, as we're recording, but, but replied into mostly Martinez and said pretty much exact same experience. So he's feeling the exact same way, like not super burned by it, which is good. That's good. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, uh, take it, for what the experience was. And I think Google, um, as much as I, I keep saying, like, I wish they stuck with it. Like, I think they're doing right by at least giving the, the refunds out, uh, for, for what they can and the hardware and, and software side, you know, hopefully they, and they have till January to figure things out. So hopefully like they, you know, some of the companies will maybe put in patches where you can download. You think sync, Nintendo uh, can just buy Stadia and let them handle their backbone? <laughs> <laughs> That could be an option. Who knows? Three fifty. Uh, I'll give you three fifty. Dollar twenty five, please. Um, if anyone gets that reference, hit me up. Um, it's old uh, Adam Sandler and audio. old, old South Park reference. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's um, it'll be interesting to see again in in five years or so, like. Hey, was was Google Stadia like the the um, Dreamcast of streaming services? Like where it's just like a tiny bit too early, but really cool. Well, five G um, isn't even widespread yet, right? Uh, right. You know, and and this may work from a company, a country like Japan, smaller, mm-hmm. compressed, or or South Korea, where it's compressed, smaller. You know, your your network speed is better everywhere. And you can just play on your phone. I mean, I think Japan and those countries where they're a very handheld centric type of, um, uh, you know, audience, this could work great. And they could play games they, they you know, that, that they love. Um, and we know like Fortnite is going gangbusters through the cloud through Xbox for free right now. So there's, there's a space for this, but it's just right now it, it may be the free to play and, and uh, you know, th- there's something tying you to it versus paying for a dedicated service. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you mentioned uh, Scarlett before she just wrote in uh, Scarlett underscore stream on Twitter. Go follow her there. Um, she said, I saw it coming for the last couple of weeks. Uh, something felt wrong, but I hoped it wouldn't happen. I'm not terribly upset about losing Stadia, but more upset by the trust that has been broken again and the bad business model by shutting down. So more Google alphabet 
trust, uh, I guess, than, uh, than anything else. Uh, Stadia really could have been amazing. So thanks. Uh, yeah. thanks Scarlett, for, uh, for writing in there. Um, and thanks everyone for writing in, uh, mostly Martinez, um, just, uh, and, and Josh Peck. Uh, yeah. But, uh, again, I wanted to hear from people that, that really kind of put at least a little weight, but it's really good to, to hear people at least not like super angry or super like, you know, dejected, like, I'm not gaming anymore. Um, you know, there's other things to move on, which again, might point to as cool as Stadia was, it, it wasn't people's only choice like i don't know i'd love to to hear and i'm sure there are people who would like this is it this is where i'm going i'm all in um and and maybe it's the nintendo fan in me going through like the wii is when i kind of broke out i was like i need something different i loved the wii but i needed something different that's when i jumped in xbox uh like you said with the wii u i needed something different that's when i picked up a ps4 uh and for right now switch is great i have nothing but love for the switch but i also i i really i need that next experience and i'm back in the xbox camp 100 percent um and then and then switch is kind of like my portable like other experience so like um maybe it's it's growing up as a nintendo fan that was like i need that backup (laughs) of something I, i kind of i'd love to hear from someone that that put all their eggs in that basket or maybe i wouldn't and that'll be sad but uh yeah let me know if you're listening to this and you didn't see the 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 twitter question because i literally posted it 15 minutes before we started recording um let me know what you're how you're feeling about uh sharing the discord uh how you're feeling about all of this and uh again i want to thank everyone that that did write in yeah and i think there's something to the fact that um if they didn't take the step to refund things, I think there would be a lot of more heartburn mm. and pushback from people that were in the stadium and the other people are just like never bought into it, but they just want to pile on. Um, now I think the other part would be, and we're going to get into this with the topic mark of, you know, things that are trapped though. Uh, right. I mean, <laughs> yep. uh, which potentially is your time and money and or your time and effort versus money in this case whereas um with gaming we take uh i guess i I guess we take for granted the fact of where we are with cloud saves and having your progress just be there versus the bad old days with uh it was trapped in a cartridge trapped on a memory card and any of those things could fail and we've all had that lost save Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're like, oh my goodness, or you save over something. You're like, oh, I'm trapped in this level and I can't progress and I'm screwed. Now I have to start the game over. I had games where bugs broke and my save was there. I, it was either that or start over. Um, so with Stadia, and that leads us into the future of game ownership, which would be the ga- future of games and you know what you can play and where you can play and how you can play in the future. Um, there was an account of someone who has over 6,000 hours in Red Dead Redemption 2 on Stadia. Now, you would think, and Mark, you and I were chatting a little bit before this, you know, cloud, uh, basically uh, sh- shared saves or, or or cloud saves are kind of, you are becoming ubiquitous where, you know, a lot of games that support cross-save, like Destiny, I remember when they finally allowed your progress mm-hmm. would follow you, uh, whatever con- uh, console you went on and platform, 
that was awesome because you didn't feel like I had to play only with one one group. Um, and then they opened up cross play. So it was like, oh, everything's open. Fortnite, um, same thing there. Um, they finally opened the doors, yeah. right? Yep. I remember when my stuff, when I switched to, to switch back to Xbox after my little PlayStation 4 experiment, um, I remember my Fortnite stuff was still, a lot of it was still trapped on PlayStation because PlayStation wouldn't play nice. Anything I did on Switch or Xbox cross save instant good to go all the battle pass stuff all the skins that i bought everything's good but there was a couple of seasons worth of stuff trapped on my playstation for the longest time and i remember like celebrating and sharing screenshots in a Fortnite community that i was in that was just like i got my stuff back it's no longer trapped it's a big celebration moment and it sucks that some stuff is trapped like I didn't know it was 6,000 hours, man. If you're watching the video, you just saw my face just drop when you told me the time. Cause you, you said like, you know, you were reading about a guy who's, who's read that redemption progress was trapped, but like, whoo, that's a lot of time. Yeah. And you would think with rockstar, I know that they're, 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 um, social club and things like that. They have a lot of these, like, basically it's, it's, it's almost like your data travels, with outside of a game it just kind of travels there like destiny or fortnite things like that it's tied to more like uh, uh an account that's held separately which is great because then it's not tied to a platform it's tied to where you want to play uh, i thought rockstar was tied that way i really was with all their gta uh online mm-hmm. you'd think that they would because they're like we want you to buy our game eight times and we want you to spend all your money in different eight different ways it makes more sense because we can make more money if you're playing it elsewhere because it's more opportunities you spend your money to look cool everywhere versus just on one console um so you'd think that you know that would benefit others but i can understand where console holders want to hold you back because you want to buy your v bucks on playstation or you want to do this so it's a weird line of uh you know um respecting the players and protecting your territory so um it, it does seem like, though, that why cross saves and third party are just not a thing anymore. I get it on Avengers, apparently, because of some of the Sony content, like Spider-Man doesn't play nice. I wish they could figure it out. I remember mm-hmm. um, Skyrim when I played on 360 and I'm like, oh, I want to get back into Skyrim on Xbox One. My content and save was stuck on my Xbox 360. I had to start a new game on Xbox One because when they introduced the anniversary edition or whatever one was special edition, nope, it's it's like a completely different. I'm like, is it really that different? <laughs> yeah, that's and that's you know if it's a, a re-release game, yeah, does your your you know can can you translate that old save file from the original game and then you get into remasters and and you know remakes and and that kind of stuff and i guess it becomes a little bit more um a little tougher but i you know i think if it's that that one could be a little tougher because maybe they're changing the base code and you can't translate a save or something like maybe yeah i could kind of see an argument for that but like if it's let's use your example if it's red dead redemption and red dead redemption and just like friggin get along like that something should work there yeah, I don't think there's Something. any, I mean, I know there's Red Dead Online, but Red Dead Redemption, the game, maybe that's what he was playing is online, maybe? That's where the problem is. But uh, but you think yeah. there's like, 
you would think because, especially because it's online, that you would just have an online profile that's like, here's your online yep. persona save kind of thing. Please download it and play it on console or PC or wherever. And here's here's just your login and your packet and your 6,000 hours of progress. Oh man, that just upsets me. Yeah. But I mean, and we're really focusing on the, the saves part here, but this is really talking about mm-hmm. like, like we say, the future of game ownership. Um, yeah. You don't own any of these Stadia games, essentially. They're gone you don't now. Own They're, anything right now. And they don't even let you buy anything right now on Stadia. I looked. I'm like, because if they, if you buy something, they got to refund you. So like, we're going to halt mm-hmm. this bad boy. So you can still play the games, but they go away. Um, and that becomes like part of the, 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 the problem, Mark, because everything wants to go subscription these days. Um, Nintendo used to have an eShop for the virtual console. They don't anymore. Um, if you want to play Nintendo's retro console uh, catalog, you're part of subscription. If that service closes, you can no longer access that retro catalog. Um, your cloud saves potentially go away, and your you know anything you saved goes away. Um, so... Um, I, I am curious, you know, and, and even that, I mean, just that's one part of it, but it's like, think about, will you be able to play the Fortnite you're playing now in the future? Because it seems like Fortnite, not. there's like, there's like no Fortnite 1.0 still available. No, man, class, classic Fortnite's dead and gone. Um, the, the islands changed now three times. Uh, it's actually closer now to the original than it was back in chapter two. Um, so, but with, with those games, I understand what I'm getting at you, you, you live games. They're, they're going to change the games as a service. It's going to change. Uh, even, even Nintendo switch online, as your example said, uh, I understand what I'm paying for a year and, and my, my year's coming up. I was just talking to the uh, eight people that I, I share my family plan with my super close family, all of them for sure. Um, actually kind of, it's like my brother, uh, my sister's kids and, uh, Finn's godparents. So like kind of, kind of family, Your brothers, cousins, um, uncles, roommates, yeah. like space. Balls. I don't have that kind of, yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, we were just talking like, Hey, we're going to re up and we'll all split the subscription cost. Uh, but you know, for, for that, I, I at least understand that if it goes away, I've paid for my year. And if I stop paying for the year, I no longer have access to the the streaming games that are, that are there. The the scary bit for me, and I think the bit that most people don't understand, or maybe most people do, um, or at least hardcore kind of gamers do, um, game ownership when you're buying digital games doesn't exist. You are leasing that game at a license. You're buying a license for it. So if that game gets delisted, which it could at any moment, um, they could just take away your ability to play that game that you paid full price for. And you know, they, they can not only should like shut servers down. Like you mentioned with the, the um, uh, square Enix game, um, they could just like straight up, just like, Hey, you can't do this anymore. You can't, you know, you can't play that. And I, I read something. Um, I forget where they bought the game and I, I don't want to misquote, but I, I think it was Amazon uh, digital movie purchasing. And, uh, and they couldn't watch their, their movie or their TV show. And I, I didn't get super deep into the article or the thread, but it was basically just like, Hey, this thing disappeared from my library. I paid for this. Why can't I watch it? And it was just like, well, it's no longer listed on their 
you know, your, your digital library. It's, it, it didn't belong to you. You, you bought the license for it and now it's no longer licensed. So, uh, you should have bought the DVDs, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. Like it, it, unless it's physical media, like you don't really own anything. You're this happened with Sony uh, Mark on PlayStation. They removed purchases from yeah. Studio Canal Films, including Paddington, mm. one of the Paddington films, and The Hunger Games. These aren't small films. No, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's HBO fun. Max. They just removed. Final Space, a series that was very entertaining. It was like kind of a goofy Futurama type show uh, is now completely non-existent. You, there's no mm. physical media. You can't watch it anywhere. Um, it's a license, um, which leads you to like a, a lot of these consoles. Like people are like, I'm going to keep, I mean, I think of like the Wii U and the 3DS that, uh, and even the DS, I think had a little bit of a uh, online uh, eShop type of mode once your system dies um there's gonna be a point where you can't re-download those games like if you bought a new handheld because there's no way to log into the store anymore so those those games and there's games that are specifically were made for those platforms online the the e-shops uh things like that i think dylan's real rescue rusty's real-time baseball oh was it yeah. the one uh the, the crane game on 3ds mm -hmm. that i really enjoyed that was goofy um it's badge yeah badge hero or whatever it's called badge collector. yeah, yeah. i mean those about. games are gone you'll you can watch youtube videos of them but that's you're dependent on that to have that experience again we will have experiences that will no longer be available because that hardware and that interface to the cloud or or a store goes away. It's like old mobile phones, like those old mm. um, like Nokia phones where they had like those uh, Java games. Like I had a God of War game, Mark, on my mobile phone that it used like my the the actual keys to to beat stuff up. It was goofy and fun, but it's like that game is never coming back to my mobile phone. No. My T-Mobile Click. <laughs> yeah you're not playing that one anywhere um it's it's tough because it's it, you know i i i love buying digital because i don't have the shelf space or at least i don't feel like dedicating shelf space to game cards anymore or, or game cases or whatever uh but at, on the flip side of that it's like any of this could be taken away at any time and we just have to deal with that. So it's, it's, um, it's such a risk reward kind of thing. And so far, like none of the games that I've really been attached to or put time in that I feel like, Hey, I could go back to this. Like it's, uh, they haven't taken away like, you know, super Mario 3d world or something like that from me. Right. Like, Oh but, God, those games, Mark could, those like, games are crazy. Super Mario 3d all was it 3d all stars. Oh, physical, that, oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, a, right. a physical release on a Switch cartridge. Was that ever offered online or was it only a physical purchase? No, I got that online. I got that a, a digital version of that game. That was a limited release. Like that okay. one, like the, the Super Mario 64 Sunshine. That, yeah, I own a physical yeah, copy that. of that. Um, I was stupid yeah. and didn't buy it physically. I just downloaded that. And that's... Now, I mean, essentially, I it, you can probably re-download re that as long as the Switch shop exists. Um, and mm -hmm. if they bring it out for Switch 2 or whatever, 
Um, and that's another discussion point, right? Right. Like right. Nintendo's next strategy mm-hmm. of how they bring forward games. Um, but yeah, that one. game, the physical is, I don't think they even, I don't even know if you can buy it in stores anymore. I mean, if there's copies, no. then maybe oh, no. there's that. Yeah. But yeah, that was a situation where they said, eh, there's no reason we can't do this. We're just not. So it's yep. not even like, it's almost like a big F you to gamers to say, we don't want people that bought the Switch in 2022 to be able to buy that game, which is just seems like, man, Nintendo, be passive mm-hmm. aggressive, why don't you? You got a Mario movie coming out. It's, and it, again, <laughs> as, as someone that I'm hoping, and again, depending, I might have to cancel my pre-order depending on um, you know, de- deductibles for house insurance and stuff from damage, but um the the plan right now is I have the pre-order set for the the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet OLED switch. I'm going to give my current OLED switch to my wife and we're going to sell her OG switch. Um, and that, you know, cool. But um, with Nintendo, it's so risky because like I could lose my Animal Crossing Island if I don't do that right. Ooh, with with that's right. system transfers, I always lose. Oh. I lose my time that I put into it. So like it, it says I have, you know, a few, even on my current OLED, it says I have like a handful of hours in, in uh, a few games that I've got like hundreds of hours in realistically, but it's like, are you being gaslit Mark? 20 hours. Oh yeah. (laughs) It looks like, I think it like, did you really play this game? That's it. Right there. Yeah. I think just wait until Finn opens it up and just delete your Island. Oh, it's gonna happen i know it. um breath of the wild is another one i think i it, it's like you've played this game for a couple of hours it's like 200 and then some like come on it's like dude. when you roll over the speedometer <laughs> so for 1200 hours goes to 99 and then it goes to one yeah uh so it's it's so like and that's why i try not to put too much like i've had my experience i hold those in my brain and I can, and I talk about it here. So there's proof. Uh, so whatever they can take things away from me and they can uh, gaslight me into thinking I've played breath of the wild for 10 hours. Um, but you know, it's, it's like, that's uh, digital is convenient, but it's also super risky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, PT, uh, the 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 that mm. demo still on my PlayStation. That Kojima brought out on PS4. Um, I believe I still had PT on my PS4. I played it finally. Weird game. Mm. Um, but there were people that were buying PlayStation just because had PT on it for like ridiculous amounts of money. Um, I've obviously if you want to hit me up, I'm pretty sure it's on my upstairs. Exactly. I want I wanted to wipe my I didn't want a PlayStation with all my stuff and just saying, hey, yeah, enjoy my credit card information that you can get off the site. I wiped mine. So, yes, Mm. PT is not available on mine. But that's another system, a game that is essentially an experience. Apparently, people are hacking their PS5 to get PT back on it. Apparently, I don't know. Things are weird. But I I own a uh, Xbox 360 for the purposes of playing games that are no longer accessible. That would be like my Marvel license games. The Captain America game on 360 was really great. Mm -hmm. The Punisher game on Xbox, the original Xbox, um, some evil dead games, uh, uh, Buffy, the vampire slayer, which is why I bought my original Xbox because those games are licensed and they're never coming back. Disney overlords, please 
port those games and remaster them. Hopefully, maybe, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some going to be some games that just um, are going to become fables, right? It's like, does this actually exist? Did it, was it even available? Um, and we have to pray for people to remaster them, get the licenses and to do these things. So mm. I, I don't know. Is there one game, Mark, you can think of off the top of your head that it's like, if this game, you know, uh, if this game left, I don't know what I would do. I don't Yeah, it's, it's tough, man. Cause like, even like, like Splatoon jumps in my mind, you know, Splatoon one and two. Um, well, one's essentially dead, right? Cause it's one, on the Wii only on the Wii U, right? The Wii U. And even two, I mean, what's the point of going back to two? So any progress and, and whatever, I got a little bit of bonus on Splatoon three, but realistically, like, you know, like I, that has been just kind of taken away, right? It's, it's useless mm-hmm. at this point. It's, um, you might as well delete it. But um, like I said, I try not to let that stuff bug me. I try to just like, I've played what I've played. Um, If Fortnite was ripped away from me, I've put a ton of money and time into Fortnite at this point. If they just said, Hey, guess what? We're shutting down the biggest moneymaker in gaming right now for one of them or whatever. Um, Because we hate money. We're shutting this down um donald mustard's gone crazy and uh fortnite's dead so thanks um i'd be pretty dejected by that you know i i have a lot of skins a lot of time a lot of memories and stuff and yes they constantly change and upgrade the game but that's part of why i love it because it's Mm -hmm. never the same game if you go back next week uh fort nightmares is coming back for halloween that's always super fun they do weird wacky things and put zombies in trash cans that jump out and scare you for a second and they do always some weird event stuff. Um, but I'd, I'd be, I'd be sad if they just shut the servers down and I couldn't go back to play any type of Fortnite. That'd be a, that'd be a shitty day for sure. Yeah. I was you? thinking about this. Um, well, cause it was just announced that overwatch one is essentially right. I is, watched is, a video is, of that is officially dead. Yeah. Yeah. There there's people, they were in a match and it was like the, the match has gone into overtime and they're like dancing around and like shooting their guns up. And there's like two teams just getting along. And then, you just start to see them like it said something on the screen. It was like, thanks for playing. And you just start to see people log out. And then the screen just goes it's like free guy. And it's like, it's <laughs> a moment where it just goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scary shit. Yeah. I mean, sure. it, it, yeah. I mean, for me, um, I am one of those people that I'm not very nostalgic with gaming. I don't want to own my old hardware. I move, I, I, I get what I get out of a system and I move mm-hmm. on. Um, thankfully with, this generation with Xbox and PlayStation, I feel like I didn't leave anything behind. It came with me, which is great. Um, and Xbox has been great about that. And PlayStation is finally catching up to speed. I am hopeful with Nintendo that they are just like everything you bought on Switch 1 goes to Switch 2. And it's going to be a better experience. It travels over because um, Nintendo was great on like the handhelds with carrying things over. Consoles not only not not really until we because gamecube went to Wii, so we got that mm. backwards compatibility compatibility finally on consoles so mm. it'll be interesting to see if that cares for because the 3ds and the wii u essentially were the stone wall for nintendo to say 
eh, none of that stuff's carrying forward. You could carry forward some of your eShop purchases on Wii to Wii U, but that gravy train ended. So um, I am it, hoping... It, well, the, Wii, the Wii U could read Wii discs and use the, yes. the Wii remotes and, and stuff. Yeah. Like, that, was, that part carried forward. And your eShop li- or your virtual console your, games. Your virtual consoles. Yeah, they uh, could upgrade for like what a buck. You could kind of go into it. Yeah, it was... It was or you could play it. At, yeah, you could, you could do it the old way. Yeah, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm hoping because no one wants this library of of Switch of you know I don't know I mean where they're going to end maybe 150 consoles maybe to say no you got to buy your games again that would just be like the ultimate like f you it was like when Nintendo went from the NES to Super NES parents were pissed off at Nintendo <laughs> like what are you saying my games don't work there um, yeah I'm hoping that they fix that yeah. melodrama um, and and they don't. They, they appreciate and respect their consumers and realize, you know what? Even you've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on your Switch, you're going to buy Mario Kart 9. But let people play that old game if they want to. Yeah, scary. And I say I have no, like, I, I just kind of let nostalgia go and whatever. And I play the games and I have my memories and then I'm good. And I'm like, I literally have my old Game Boy Color. I don't know if you can see Mark, it you were just saying, I'm like, why don't you just get an analog pocket and play these games? I no, I want to use my old hardware. I'm like, no, oh, great. It's, it's okay, old right, man. It's right behind me. I don't know if you can see it on the video, but yeah. it's, um, and I'm thinking about like updating the screen. I was looking at like, um, you know, drop in, because there's some that you have to like slightly modify the case, but I'm looking for this kind of like a drop in um, screen. $500 later, folks. Um, <laughs> no, they're, they're only like, like 70, 80 bucks Canadian, sure. which I think they'd probably give them away for free in, in uh, cereal boxes sure. uh, in the States. I think that's how the, the money translates, right? Um, and I'm talking to the right person for, for cereal giveaways, I guess. Uh, sure. So we'll hook me up with one of those screens. We'll, yeah, we'll, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, perfect. Um, but it's 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 weird. Like I I don't know. I I guess I don't make sense to myself. But I, love I that mark game. I installed an afterburner that. screen in my GBA, the original GBA, so I can mm. actually do that. And that was like a hundred bucks to add a backlight yep. onto the GBA screen. So talk about yep. crazy people who sent their system in to get it modded and come back. So you know what. <laughs> And I, there is a local guy who does that kind of stuff as well here. So I'm sure I could pay a tiny bit more and have like sure. a professional do it. But um, I'm thinking about just ordering it and doing it myself and building up a Game Boy library because I'm broken. And um, I read something about like, um, what's it? Ed Sheeran just released a Pokemon song. Yes. Uh, which is super catchy anyway. Um, but he was talking about how he still plays it. He still has his Game Boy Color and still plays Pokemon gold and the old games and i was like so do i doesn't a gba um, do the Ed same Sheeran? thing like original gba or gba sp it can Shut play up, all Todd, those, you're right? making way too much sense <laughs> i still have my gba sp stop making sense Todd. go away i remember when they had that big old ass cart things you put those yep. gba you know with all those things those gba carts or those G, gb carts some of them were just huge it was like what is going oh, yeah. on in these carts and they just they they hang out of your GBA SPC. Oh, no. That's why it's not a perfect experience. Oh no. Yes. Cause it's I not streamlined because you know, you got to worry about, it. you got to be streamlined when you're gaming on the go, Mark, right? Slows it's you down. Not making sense, Todd. Stop <laughs> making sense. <laughs> you know what? That's what I'm here to stop. I, mean, I just need to stop making sense. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, yeah. So let us know about your, your fears. I mean, we're not, this is not fear, uncertainty and doubt FUD. No, we just want to know, like, how are you going to prepare for the day when that game, you know, you wanted to play no longer does because 
Um, we're in a fast and loose, um, new is best, and preservation for gaming, especially when you have an online component or a shop or a way to connect to keep that game alive, it's going to be harder and harder. Indeed. Very good. Well, Mark, this has been a fun journey. We're back to as normal as we can get, which is awesome. So I'm glad we're seeing each other face to face. We don't have to like Skype each other or whatever uh, to talk about games. So this has been a great time. So uh, with that, tell people how they can follow you on the interweb when you actually have an internet connection. And speaking of that, you, you bring up a good point that we're, we're back to, to kind of normal. Um, I know there was a little hiatus in, in a few of the shows last week. I wasn't the only one responsible for that. Uh, Charlie and I talked even as much as close as like, you know, this weekend and just kind of like, you know, how are you feeling? Are we able to do Holocron? And, uh, we decided to just kind of do like a double, um, super edition of and or catch up, uh, next week. So we will be coming back with Holocron Chronicles. We just decided like, you know what? It's the weekend. We already missed our launch date and, uh, we're just going to leave that as it was. So, uh, if you were expecting Holocron and you're listening to the, the network feed, we'll be back better than ever. Double episode next week. Thanks for sticking. We're, we're happy that we were able, like you said, to, to record uh, co-op mode and, and, stick to the normalcy and get back to it. Uh, so if you're looking for me, you can follow me in the discord or on uh, Xbox and switch as Canardian or on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and anywhere else as the underscore Canardian. Well, very good. And if you want the hot takes on star Wars, we actually talked about Andor. Well, I gave my hot take on Andor through episode four on secret friends United's out this Friday. So check it out there. Uh, but for a deeper dive, definitely go to the experts, Mark and Charlie and go there. Yeah. Uh, we did skip a week on secret friends unite with myself being out for co-op, but we're in Shocktober, Mark. I'm wearing my spooky shirt, uh, with video game, eight uh, bit art. Love it. Um, and we'll probably talk about little spooky video games in the next episode, but that's where we're at. So if you are interested in all things spooky and just having a good time with geek media, follow us at secret friends, unite, at Secret Friends U uh, for all things there and T-Oxtra for me as I get sad about my fantasy football and real football and life takes and just having a good time talking to all the cool people on the interwebs. So with that, Mark, once again, it's always a pleasure. This is always fun. So we'll see each other in two weeks. Can't wait. Yeah. And remember, folks, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.